Welcome to Wine Country Women with Michelle Mandreau, the podcast for wine enthusiasts who are curious not only about what goes in the bottle, but the remarkable women who make these distinctive winemaking regions so special. Each week, Michelle introduces you to a prominent woman and takes a peek inside her life. Welcome to today's Wine Country Women podcast. I'm Michelle Mandro, and I'm talking with the lovely Daisy Damsky, who is the proprietor of Palmieri, and she is also featured in Wine Country Women of Sonoma County. Daisy, thank you so much for being with us today. You're welcome. This is so much fun. You and I haven't had a chance to really sit down and get to know each other. I know, everything has been via email. Well, there was one time we got together. I met you oh. when you first started the book. Yes. And we had lunch at Diabola. Is this right? It was years ago. Okay, you were a child. years, years yeah. ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got a good memory. Let's dive in, shall we? Sure. Okay, so tell me, what was your first full-time job ever? My first full-time job ever was working in the mall at a, this is totally appropriate for a foodie, at um, a cheese shop. And I'm trying to remember the name of it right now, but it was something that was very popular in the, uh, in the late 60s, early 70s. And it was the first shop that sort of excelled in, or really felt that they were on the cutting edge of gourmet cheese. And it, it sort of was one level above the Cracker Barrel. But it was so much fun, and being the shy person that I am, I love talking to everyone. <laughs> gave away a lot of cheese, probably more than they would have wanted me to give away. And uh, then I, I went to college the next year, so I worked in a cheese shop. But it was a national one. I'm try- I can't remember. It was so long ago. But And then my very first job was working for Head Start, um, where I made money that I could actually buy something with. And uh, that was before I uh, went to school also, before between high school and the summer of high school and college. But yeah, cheese and children. Cheese and children. Right. And look where you are now. Cheese and children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, grown children. Right. <laughs> right. It's PR. It's the same. Yeah, there you go. So now you are proprietor of Palmieri. Right. So tell us all about it. So Palmieri was... Um, Paul Mary was not supposed to happen. It's sort of like the uh, third child. In that, my husband and I have both been in the wine industry for a long time. This is our 42nd year harvesting. Right. And for the first 20 years, we did, I did basically education and um, advocacy. I worked for the state of California and did community building, and he was a corporate winemaker. And then we got into our mid-40s, and we said, we didn't really mean to be this removed from people or the products that we'd created or just, it was sort of administrative and it was fun. We were, you know, should have been very content with all of that, but we thought we were only 25 years old. We were very confused. And so we thought, let's start over again. And it was a really good decision. So what we did was we decided if we had five clients, we could quit our day jobs. And I remember Carrie had been offered this very prestigious job over in Napa, and and, uh, we had until noon to say yay or nay. And the fifth client called at about 11.40. 
You know, we had put out the feelers and really, can we keep the lights on and send our kids to college? And we found out we actually could. And so we set out on an adventure, which was consulting. Um, and it turned out there's a huge vacuum at that point in time. Now, you know, anyone who just got out of Davis calls himself a consultant. But at that point in time, people really were not getting out of the corporate structure of winemaking. And so it was unusual to be a flying winemaker. So it sort of gobbled up so much of our time that even though we thought we'd start a brand at the same time, we put it on hold because we knew that you had to dedicate yourself to one or the other. Well, we didn't do that for long. So we ended up looking at a vineyard. It's actually good friends of ours over in Napa, Jan Krups. And um, we said, this is perfect for just a tiny little brand. And that was 22 years ago. And we're still making Palmieri and consulting. So we can balance both. You can do it all. Yeah, yeah. Luckily, we're both pretty high energy and, and, uh, and love what we're doing. But yes. So what is your specific role? Everything but making the wine. Okay. And I actually am the master blender, too. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> <No>. Taster and blender. <laughs> they just pull me in at the end to finish the product. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, actually, it's, it's evolved and changed over time because, again, as I was saying, uh, initially the idea was that we were going to consult, and so I ended up doing a, a really fun, lovely position I had with the state of California developing money. This is the time of Clinton, just to give you a timeline. Uh, for the 21st century grant funds. And we brought in about $3.5 million into this area. And then we work with communities on how to spend it. Oh, that's a fun job. So I was doing that. And, um, and then um, doing, you know, some day-to-day -day sort of public relations stuff because I had been the PR director at Chalk Hill. So I was connected. And I thought, yeah, it's getting a little bit bigger. I should start talking to folks. And before I knew it, I was absorbed completely. And I do... You know, I do, um, I do public speaking. I do um, a little bit of interior decorating, actually, and setting up tasting rooms for clients, and uh, hospitality training for clients, and taking out the trash, being sure that the labels arrive on time, watching over the bottling line, and uh, it's really a family business. There's only three of us. So I just fill in wherever needed, and uh, I like it. Did you ever think 30 years ago that you would own a winery? You know, no. <laughs> <laughs> I like the honesty. <laughs> no, because well, Carrie's family had a vineyard over in Napa Valley. So we knew that we were good, and he was a winemaker. I married him a winemaker, and I had just gotten out of graduate school at Davis, and so... We both wanted to not jump right into what would be sort of obvious in Napa scene. So we went almost to the Mexican border and lived in San Diego for seven years. Right. And he started a tiny winery, I think he was 24, 25, called San Pasqual, um, which was the first winery down there that wasn't, you know, big tank Italian you know, varieties that we don't even know what they were picking. I was actually varietal specific, and it was fun. And I was a professor at San Diego State. So I taught child development and ran the lab school for infants and toddlers. And uh, the way I sort of initially got into public relations, I was always kind of one of those women that said, I have a pair of shoes in a barn. Let's raise some money, you know, for every cause. And uh, always been like that since high school. 
And so when he, his winery went through three or four PR people, and I kept thinking, you know, they really should be just talking to people. I, I've met somebody at the you know, San Diego Union, and you should be talking to them. And finally the board said, well, you just work for us because you, know, you apparently have the ideas of what we need to do. And so I did both taught at San Diego State and did the public relations for this old winery. So let's get back to where you are today with Paul Mary. Okay. <laughs> I love to talk about that. I'm very happy to talk about how, that. How many cases? We only make 850 cases. And is it one varietal? No. Actually, when we started Palmieri, we, um, we were going to do only one wine. We were going to do a Cab Syrah blend because we really love those two wines. So as Jan Krupp would say, we're the only people that were wise enough, this is only a satirical joke, to uh, take out Cabernet and put in Syrah at Stagecoach Vineyard <laughs> because we want to do this blend. And we still adore Syrah and make great Syrah. Um, but anyway, so we started off with that. And then the Cab wasn't ready that year. It was a new vineyard. And the Syrah was ready to, you know, we had enough of a crop that we could do something commercially. And we, you know, didn't want to spend any more money without making any. So we decided we'll do one year, we'll do a Syrah. And then the next year we'll have the cab, it'll be a line, and then we'll blend them, and then the, everybody will forget about that Syrah. And we made, I don't know how much, maybe 100 cases, 50 cases. And somebody submitted to the Wine Spectator, and we got like a 92 on our first release on Syrah. We thought, oh, darn, we're going to have to make Syrah. <laughs> so that's how we ended up making a cab and a Syrah. And we did that for those, just those two for a long time. And we became Sonoma-centric. Um, we had most of our clients for consulting are in Sonoma, even though we do now have three in Napa, but most of them are in Sonoma. We live in Sonoma, and, and we know the growers in Sonoma, and it's sort of it's our, like our, our hood. So slowly but surely, we found other mountain vineyards. That's sort of our... Uh, Cachet. It's sort of our focus. It actually keeps us from being absolutely ADD because being in the industry for 42 years and thank God not burning a lot of bridges, everybody's like, come to my vineyard, you know, you should make Chardonnay from Russian River. And so the only way that we knew we could keep our eye on the ball was to sort of tattoo mountain vineyards into our skin by naming our wine Palmieri which is not our last name. Our last name is Damsky, Carrie and Daisy Damsky. But we thought, I don't know. We didn't want to put our name on the label. And we found this indigenous California oak. This is how esoteric PR people can become, if it's your own brand. This indigenous California oak that was founded by somebody in the 1800s and it's called Corcus Palmieri. And because we decided only to do mountain fruit and keep our focus on mountain fruit, we named our wine Palmieri. So that's how we got the name. And you make two varietals? No. Oh, well, that was the question. How many the, I varietals? know. That was the history. The okay. question. I'll, I'll lead, <laughs> rapidly lead up. So we kept thinking we just keep it at 500 cases. We only sell direct into the restaurants in Sonoma County. You know, we're, we make wine all over the world, and we didn't have the bandwidth. And then my son decided, with his degree in ch speaking Chinese after eight years of studying it, and um, doing international studies, that after a vision quest here of living in Australia and playing lacrosse and running a treehouse in Goa on the beach, that he actually thought the wine industry was pretty cool. 
And he came home and he said, you know, I really found my calling. I want to be in the wine industry. And we said, oh, that's fabulous. Get a job. And he said, what do you mean everybody hires their kids? And we said, that wouldn't be fair to you or us. You have to bring something to the table. So he went to uh, work for Kimberly Charles, Charles Communications in the City, PR and Marketing, takes after his mother, and um, did that for a couple of years, then went back, and during that time actually was going to grad school, got an MBA from Sonoma State University's Executive MBA program. I think he was the first cohort. And uh, came back, and unfortunately, unfortunately, I think, I, I tease him, but sometimes I do feel that... Uh, that he's rekindled a passion and, and we've rapidly grown. So we've gone from 500 to 850 cases, which is kind of a lot if you're all direct to consumer. Uh, we're lucky we sell out. So that's why we don't, you don't find us in any retail places. But um, then we saw this beautiful Pinot Vineyard and then we found another beautiful Pinot Vineyard and now we're making three Pinot Noirs. Uh, one of them is Fig, the bottle that I have. I have a bottle with me for those out there listening to this. I have a beautiful bottle of this wine called Fig that is dedicated to our wonderful rescue dog um, that we lost five years ago. And uh, we made bootlegger Pinot for her. And I'm sitting actually in the beautiful courtyard of the Sonoma County Humane Society and the funding from Fig, bootlegger Pinot Noir again, goes to the Humane Society. So I didn't get that far away from social work. You can tell I still have one foot in that world. Okay, so there are three Pinots, a Syrah, and a Cab. And a Cab Syrah. And a blend. Yeah. Okay. And you make I, 800 cases. And we make 800 cases. Okay. So if someone's interested in tasting your wine, how do they go about doing that? We actually are um, We're very stealth-like. And so uh, we um, don't take appointments except for, um, I mean, on an ongoing basis because we do make wine in Israel, Costa Rica, and India as well. And so what we do is... Are those your wines or are those clients? Two of them we're partners with. Okay. Actually, all three of those we're partners with. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Note to self, when one becomes um, a senior master winemaker, you get to be a partner as well when you start new projects. But uh, so those, those three are newer projects we are partners in, and I love that. Um, yeah. So is your wine available at... It's available at Willie's Wine Bar, Starks, Vallette, um, you know, um, we're... But you're not in a small tasting room somewhere. No, we're not a in a small tasting room. But we have two vineyards that we taste in. So we have um, Van Ness Vineyard, which is in Geyserville. And um, we've been making our wine, actually, at Martin Ray Winery from the beginning of time. Uh, before the um, Beck family bought it, we were... Uh, partners, owners in that winery when it was purchased from um, Martini Prati. And so we've been, we hired most of the staff and then we just stayed. So we're the only winery that isn't Marti uh, Martin Ray that's made there. We've been there for 22 years. We have our own barrels, our own designated room, and we do a little consulting for them occasionally. Um, but mostly, and we have had clients over there um, in years past before they filled their capacity, but now um, that's the other place that we can be. So, and sometimes I just say, come over for dinner. I've had people who have collected our wines and they'll call me and they'll bring friends over and uh, 
Our attrition rate is only 3% for our wine club. So statistically, that's pretty phenomenal. Um, we feel very thankful and grateful that we are able to have real relationships with the people who buy wine. And, uh, you know, like the first one's free, but after that, you're just hooked. So, um, and you can get it, obviously, on our, on our website. We have a strong web presence. And so people who buy direct buy it from us through the website mainly. And what's the price range of your wines? Um, our price range, we actually sort of theoretically line-priced. We didn't want to... I don't know. We just really didn't want to focus on always doing cost of goods and doing analysis uh, on that. Um, so all of our non-cabs are run from 48 to 53. Um, and our cab blends and our cabs run at 58. So that's, and we've done that for years. We haven't raised, uh, we haven't raised a price for years either because our cost of goods allows us to do that. And as I say, our day job, which is making wine and doing hospitality and public relations for other people, feeds our passion and our, and our uh, baby, which is our own brand, so. And Paul Mary, is your website just palmary? www.palmary.com. Um, okay. And then, um, yeah. And okay. then you can look up, um, you know, Google Carrie Damsky or Google Daisy Damsky or Google our very talented winemaking son, Drew Damsky, and you'll get a whole bunch of insight into the other things that we do. Learn more about the women who live in wine country when you purchase one of our lifestyle books at winecountrywomen.com. You love wine, and at Total Wine & More, you can count on getting the service you deserve. Their team of fun and friendly experts are extensively trained and even travel everywhere from California to Europe to meet the producers themselves. Stop by, check out over 8,000 bottles, and see why those who know wine always drink interesting at Total Wine & More. You live in Sonoma County now, and you chose to move to why? We did. Um, I was just asked that question yesterday, and it made me really reflect on the, the, the story. But I was working, teaching still at San Diego State, and Carrie was actually teaching at Sonoma State University. Well, the reason we left San Diego is when we, it was really fun to be the big fish in a small pond. I mean, when you're the only winery, you can imagine what it's like in sure. a city. <laughs> you get to wear tuxedos all the time. I haven't had anything like that on for years. Um, but anyway, it was pretty cool, and we liked that time we were young. And But our vineyard ended up getting plucked when it hit California, and it was one of the first ones. And so the partners were 20 lawyers. Can you imagine 20 lawyers with no. e equal authority? That was even more interesting. So I, I can tell you, I could be a line tamer. Um, but it was a great experience. And so we said, rather than um, looking at the Central Coast, because you know it was close to where we were living, and it was a time there were a lot of wineries opening up, and people were offering Carrie, come on, just, just come a little higher, a little northern. And we thought, no, we're going to go back to uh, Sonoma and... and uh, not Napa, but because Napa was no longer the Napa that we grew up with. And so we said, we're going to live in Sonoma. And I had three days to find a place to live and a job. And so I was hired by the job because they said they'd never been interviewed, had never interviewed anyone who actually said, you just need to tell me by Monday because I got to know if I'm working for you or not. <laughs> <laughs> and they said, we were so baffled by that, you know, confidence that we had to hire you. 
So I ended up working for initially for uh, Easter Seals because of my background in education. And um, I found the house the first day that we moved, that we looked here. That the first day of my three-day sojourn through uh, Sonoma County. And um, I was shown a couple of houses by, maybe three or four houses by a woman who I adored named Rita Ivy. She sort of was a realtor to the winemakers until she died. Wonderful person, wine industry family. And um, she took me way up in the hills above Alexander Valley and I saw this little cabin with a beautiful piece of property. And I thought, well, I could build a house later, but I, but I can only probably buy this land now. And so we bought the, the land. We still live there. Only one wall of the cabin remains. Um, it's sort of like the Winchester Mystery House. But we absolutely are thrilled that we ended up living um, as much as I love Healdsburg. It's, it's, you know, where I, where I shop because we don't have a store in Geyserville. Where I get gas because we have a gas station in Geyserville. Where I bank because we don't have a bank in Geyserville. But we do have um, a couple of uh, Zagat super, superstar restaurants. A bunch of really fabulous wineries. A couple of art galleries, and we're getting a new Michelin star, two-star restaurant, Cyrus, moving in. So if we can't bank and we can't buy gas, we can at least eat well. <laughs> and drink well, too. And drink really well, yes. yeah. yeah. So if we take a step inside your home, what would we see? Describe your home. Okay. Well. I know you have art. I have tons of artwork, Yeah. We've run out of walls, as Carrie keeps pointing out to me, but I keep finding another space. <laughs> um, you, our house, we built our house. We had, we were very lucky. When Back when I was at San Diego State, I ran this mainstreaming program where uh, we had like five kids in our lab school that had special needs, and one of the children's dads was a very famous architect, Dale Jenkins. He was really a big part of the postmodernist movement uh, with Michael Graves and all those guys. And his little girl was in my class, and she became incredibly attached to me. In fact, she became so attached to me that she wouldn't leave the next year when she was supposed to go to another part of the lab school. And after crying for about a week, everybody on the faculty got together and decided that she indeed would come back to my class. So I became obviously very close to her parents, and, uh, and I became actually her godmother. She's grown and has two kids now herself. Um, but Dale, I knew I could never afford him. He's already a rock star. But he loved our wine from day one. So we traded wines with him for about 12 years. And then we got to the point that we actually moved to Sonoma County and could afford to move out of our house and to build the dream house. Dale designed it for us. So we didn't pay for any of the architecture <laughs> or the design. Oh, awesome. Um, and so we have a lot of interesting features that we probably wouldn't have if we didn't have a commercial so architect building So tell us about it. the features. So you walk in. So we have a tower room. And that sounds grand. It's really not that grand, but it's pretty cool. That um, that you walk into, that stucco. We have, we fell in love with Mum. Mum had just opened in Napa Valley, and it was dark cedar shingles, with a green roof. So our house is shingles with green roof. We have very modern fireplaces, two of them, that I really enjoy because they were really avant-garde. But now you can open it up at any sunset, and you'll see them. They're the big square ones with the pipe going through the roof. Oh you know. Right. And, and so we've got this real um, mix of sort of um, Nantucket meets um, Santa Fe. 
Okay. Probably. And, uh, and we both love to travel. You know, we traveled for years on buses in Mexico. And, you know, we're really easy. We still would, you know, put a sleeping bag happily on the ground anywhere. And uh, so we brought back things from wherever we went. So when in that tower room, it's, I guess it is, it's how you go in, we have a mask all over the walls. And the masks are mainly Mexican, but we have some from the Northwest and a few from Africa. Um, we have a we have a lot of um, very quirky things. We have dolls from Bali sitting up on a shelf uh, that came from actually the Dry Creek Kitchen when they renovated. I'd always been in love with this amoir, and the designer was a friend of mine. She said, "You always love that. Why don't you just buy it now?" And so I did. So that's what they're sitting on. And, uh, and I have a big crystal chandelier and really modern art, so it's very eclectic. I love it. All that being said, is there something that people might be surprised to learn about you? I Other than collecting art, do you collect something else? Do you speak a second language? I collect people. Ooh, you collect people. <laughs> I always, I have a, I've always had a desire to make art for years. promised myself that I would make five new good friends a year. Now, I know that exceeds 150 you're supposed to have by, uh, by all the sociological standards, but, you know, I've never let that stand in my way. So I really value my friendships. I'm not an introvert, obviously, um, except if I walk into a party. Probably this would be what would surprise people. I'm really interested in everything, but I'm actually kind of shy. So I actually have to say, okay, and the first person I talk to or the first person I taste wine with or the first person I consult with, in five minutes, I like them usually, and it, I'm not shy any longer. But um, I volunteer a ton. I work full time, you know, with the winery. But I also am elected official. I love that role, first woman ever for the planning committee in Geyserville. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Well, it's really cool they elected me twice. The first time I figured they didn't really know what they were getting. <laughs> because the second, I, the I, second time they did. But they did, and they still voted me yeah. in. So that, they said that, she's pretty awesome. Yeah, that was really awesome. That actually, that was really one of my crowning moments. I was very happy about that. And then I'm on the Fund Development Committee for the Humane Society of Sonoma County. So I help do events and raise money. And uh, because I'd be terrible working with the animals directly, or I'd... I'd be like Doris Day. I'd have kennels <laughs> and kennels. So I'd rather to be a little bit removed and just, I like to make things happen. That's my thing in life. I love to connect people. I love to, um, I'm very product driven, although I do value the process. But, I, you know, I, I'm probably not the kind of person you want to have at a million committee meetings. But tell me to raise $45,000 for a cat house and I'll do it. So that's, that's. And uh, I always have to play with the one, I was talking to a friend of mine who's another person very much like mine, me, that does a lot of the same kind of work, and she's in Wise Free also. And we uh, both were laughing the other day at coffee, and we said, I just need, I'm not a lone wolf at all. I need one other person, but if I have one other person, I can do anything. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, your other person's your husband. Yeah. And, our, and, and you our, can do anything. I can do anything. I love it. <laughs> yeah, we've been married 42 years now. That's, that's impressive. In that's a new 70 or 80 in, in California. So, yeah. That's great. So we're in wine country. Other than your own wine, what do you like to drink at home? Oh, gee. I love sparkling wine. I keep begging for sparkling wine. 
I mean, Pub Mary does need sparkling wine. But uh, we make it for Shula, the winery that we do um, winemaking for and our partners in, in India. So we make tons of sparkling wine, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, thousands of cases of that there. Um, I love, I love Kistler. I just love their, sh I love their Chardonnays. Um, I love... Uh, so you're definitely a wine girl. I'm a wine girl. Yeah. I like... Um, Oh, pa I, I I love Patson Hall because Heather Pat's a good friend of mine. Um, my husband makes wine for about 12 different wineries. I drink all those wines. Um, but I try not to just have a, um, a winemaker's cellar, you know, where you can get a house palette. And um, I really like Pinot Noir, which I didn't. I was much more of a um, Cabernet Syrah girl for a very long time. And when we started making pinots, it was actually, I was, uh, you know, I, California was just getting its feet on the ground in terms of how to make green, great pinots, basically. But now um, I, I feel that Palmieri's in the category of making great pinots. I love those. Um, yeah, I actually, there's, I do, you know, I have to, uh, there's a confessional. Uh oh. I'm not crazy about Zin in general. Um, but once in a while I fall in love with one. Okay, that's fair <laughs> enough. That's fair enough. Do you think that that there can be too much wine being made in wine country? I think that there may be too few drinkers of wine in America, but too much wine, no. I mean, the the thing that I really I've been I love this kind of um, del delusional factor that I think I'm about 27, and yet I've been in the industry for 45 years or 42 years actually because I can see all the trends and, and I've seen cycles over and over again. So nothing, you know, when it's really like you can't keep the wine in, I think that's cool. And when it's hard to sell wine because, you know, 2008 was a classic example, you just go, okay, it's gonna be like this for a little while, but it'll, it'll change. And um, I think that when you see Sally Forth drinking wine in the comic strips and you have morning talk shows with the women drinking wine, wine. while they talk about um, world news and fashion, you can tell there's been a sea change. And actually, finding the perfect place, or near perfect place, or something that has a really unique terroir is not that easy, you know? Um, there's wines all over America, and I love that. I think it's exciting, you know? We have uh, this fellow that we help make wine in, uh, in a, Texas, who is a professor at Baylor that we met. We don't even charge him. We just want him to send us down there occasionally because we want to see him be successful in making wine in Texas, and he's just starting. You know, we make we started making wine in India um, 22 years ago. We, we went through a million cases of production this year. Wow. So finding new areas where you really can craft. I want more wine, not less wine, I guess is what I'm saying. Okay, okay. But I want to be good wine. Right. <laughs> I, I agree. We want good wine out I there. I want we to be good wine out there. And I think that's where the rubber hits the road, is that when you do get to a certain capacity of production for, you know, for a region, for a state, for a nation, what happens is really valuable for the consumer, and that is you can't get away with making mediocre wine anymore. It raises the bar for everyone. And to me, that's really exciting because I, 
one of the sort of the Achilles heels of the wine industry is that having several million dollars is not going to make you a winemaker, but having talent and a palate and a passion will. And so I think most wineries may start with someone who invented the heart valve, but and that can take them through maybe five years until they get sick of not making money. And then they hire a winemaker who really knows how to take them to the next level. And uh, that's kind of what we do. We take people to the next level. So that's the fun part of it is that, you know, helping people succeed and, and, and preventing them from making bad wines. <laughs> that's a good mission to have. It's a fun sure. mission to have. <laughs> you can make really good friends that way. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Well, let's wrap things up with five quick questions. Okay. So here we go. They're very lighthearted. Okay. What kind of car do you drive? I drive a little black BMW okay. that my family makes fun of because it's not new. I just want to go on record. I, I buy used cars. They're fancy cars, but they're used cars. I'm prudent. Um, but I really wanted this particular car, but now they said, okay, that's cool. It can be a winery car, but you have to use it like a truck. So... I use it like a truck. You'd be amazed at how many cases of wine I can get in that little car. <laughs> so that's what I drive. Resourceful. Where was the last vacation you took? The last vacation I took was, it's going to sound pretty glamorous. They're not all like this. But I went to the Taj Mahal. Oh, fabulous. So it was fabulous, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. don't say, need, don't, don't need to say <laughs> anymore. Well, we work in India, you know. So yeah. it was time to go since we've been there. For over 20 years, we thought we should start taking a little extra time when we fly over here. And so now we're taking apart India bite by bite, and we've loved it all. Wonderful. Third question. What's one of your all-time favorite movies? Oh, Groundhog Day. Oh, my God. You want to relive a day again and again? And again. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to get it perfect. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Fourth question. Favorite actor or actress? You might have a whole bunch. No, no. I actually, I I don't. It's, I'm thinking, is there someone who I always see the movie, regardless of the uh, reviews, just because they're in the film? And... Um, I, I like Reese Witherspoon, and that sounds really funny, but I like her politics, and I, I, and I respect I like her, her whole design thing, you know, that she does. Um, I like movies. I go to films a lot, but I have so many favorites, I really can't think of just one that sticks out in my mind. One actress? Well, you, like, you said Reese. And what's a favorite song that you like to dance to? I dance to anything. <laughs> if there's a party and there's someone dancing and no one else is dancing yet, that would be me. Okay. So I'll dance to anything. So I love, I love dancing to Bruno Mars. I love dancing to, uh, you know, any blues. I love dancing to 60s music. Um, you name it, you're You there. name it, I'll dance to it. Okay. Yeah, I dance for years, so. <laughs> Daisy. I never stopped. You're too much fun. <laughs> so much fun to be with today. Thank you. I love being there. Visit winecountrywomen.com to join our exclusive list so you can be the first to learn about upcoming offers and events. Grab a glass and join us next week for a new edition of Wine Country Women.